Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. Uh, let me pray. Let me, I can't, I'm going to pray from there. Um, Father, we, we do, we want to press into your words. Jesus, we want to hear your words this morning. We want to hear and we want to be hearers of the words and we want to be doers of your words. Lords, we we declared it this morning. You are Lord. Lord, would we go on declaring that as we hear your word this morning? Would we be hearers and doers of the word? Speak to us this morning, Lord, we ask by your spirit. We ask in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. As Steph said, my name's Tom. Um, I've met many of you. Uh, if, I've, if I've not met you, I'm Tom. Uh, I'm married to Chloe. Uh, we've got we've got three kids, Caleb and Rocco and Ottie. Chloe's currently trying to put Ottie to bed. <laughs> she's a naughty little girl. Uh, she's having fun. Um, as as uh, I've been part of the leadership team at Rev for uh, a number of years, uh, and for the past year or so, I've been part of the Gospel Plant into Tottenham. Uh, and we are getting ready. God willing, we're going to be sent on the seventh of March. And I am hugely grateful this morning to be speaking on our last time together before we go into hubs. Uh, hugely grateful that the, the first time we're back together, you're gonna be sending us out. I'm, I'm, we feel hugely blessed. I, I thought I'd take the opportunity this morning and I'm sure we'll say it on, we'll say, say the same on the, on the seventh when we're together then. Um, but I, to, take the, to take the moment just to thank you. If you're part of the body here, you have been building us and growing us ready to be sent out. I love that little picture of the little sapling by Tottenham Gospel Plant on the, on the visual for the hubs. I love it. So that's, that's what we're like. We're like a little sapling that you have been nurturing, building us up. I can't tell you how grateful we are to be sent out from you to take the rev of DNA and to the, the rev of the, the DNA of rev and to head out. Um, and you might think, I, I, I'm just part, the, no, you're part of the body who has been building up ready ready to send us, ready for us to be birthed, ready to go. All right, this morning, I wanna have a little, a, little, uh, a little poll. Let's try this. I want you to imagine uh, your screen is like a, a sliding scale, all right? Um, I'm gonna ask you a question. I'm gonna ask you if you like camping. And if you, if you love camping, I'd love you to go all the way to the right of your screen. If you cannot stand camping all the way to the left, you may be ambivalent to be somewhere in the middle or you might sway from one to the other. You ready? How do you feel about camping from I can't bear it to I love it? All right, get yourself positioned on your screen. Let's have a look where we are. You might need to move. I'm heading off my screen. We love it in the Avery house. Well, you can go wherever you like on your screen now. Don't you worry. We've got a sense of where we are. You know where you are. Camping is a bit of a marmite thing, isn't it? Camping, some people love it. So we love it, all right? We love camping. I'll tell you what we love. We love some of the, just the simplicity. I love getting up in the morning. I don't like the bit where I'm freezing cold and then I have to get up, but I like it when I'm up in the morning and you're out and you're sitting and it's just you, you've put on a coffee and everyone's asleep still because everyone sleeps a long time when they're camping. I love that early morning. I love the, the way the kids, they haven't got all their toys there. So suddenly they're incredibly creative with the way they play and just enjoy being outside i love the evenings when you're camping and you haven't got tv and 
suddenly you're all there just enjoying time together. We love camping, but we've got a bit of a limit. It's about four nights, our limit. Five nights, just about when I want some comfort at that point. This is going to make me sound really old. So I thought I'd wear my brown cardigan so I can just own my, my oldness, all right? Um, but I love my chairs. What I'm looking forward to when I get back in camping is my own chairs. Uh, there are two chairs in my house, which are probably, I think everyone in the family would describe as, as, as daddy's chairs. Um, but it's just the way it is. I love a bit of comfort. I love your own bed, right? You love all of that. Now this morning, some of these sorts of themes are going to come through. These themes of tent living, living simply, longing for comfort, longing for permanence. What does that look like? How do we work with that sort of tension? We've been in a, a series together in, in Hebrews. We've been looking at living in tents. We've been looking at Abraham's faith as he lived in tents. Let me read you this passage from Hebrews 11, verses 8 to 10. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. You can read this account, this, uh, this account of Abraham's journey and then his sojourning, his sort of staying in the land, back to Egypt and back. You, you can read about God's promise on him in, in, in Genesis uh, 11 and 12. And you can read about this, this story. We've been unpacking this story and looking at it together. And we come to this verse this morning, verse nine. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob. Heirs with him of the same promise. In the land of promise, as in a foreign land. In the land of promise, as in a foreign land. There's a strange tension in that phrase, in that verse. How can it be the land of promise and a foreign land? How, how do those two things work together? How, how do those two things play together? We're going to spend our time this morning wrestling with that very question, that tension, that tension that we, I, I reckon you feel like me, you love a bit of comfort. We all do, right? We, we, maybe for you it's, it's, it's house, it's home, it might be jobs and cars, not many cars, we live in North London, not many, not many of us, some of us might have cars. Family, food, furniture, films, football, all the Fs, TV, the latest Marvel release, what is it, this stuff, just stuff, we just love all this stuff, all these, all these things, but all these things around us, we, we live with this sense of, is this it. I think all people live with a sense of, is this it? Is this life? Maybe you feel acutely that in lockdown because you're surrounded by just your stuff and your things and your, is this it? 
Am I meant to settle here? Am I meant to, is this, is this the place for like roots and settling? Is this it? Is this the promised land? And, and our broken human hearts can become a bit consumed with things and stuff and, and we can put the, 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 the out there, the kingdom, we can put that as sort of the foreign bit. We can end up sort of living in houses and, and with our jobs and our cars and bigger barns. If you know that parable in Luke 12, that will make sense to you. Luke 12, might not be Luke 12. Um, we can live as if this is the promised land and the other bits, the, the, the beyond, if you like, the kingdom is the foreign bit. And when we park that somewhere far from our thoughts and it, comes in when that time gets tough or when we reach the end we're going to wrestle with this tension this morning and we very clearly this morning God's been Jesus has been leading us again to just recognize him as Lord it's what we do right that's what we do we say you are Lord and in that saying Jesus is Lord we must first and foremost think how did Jesus work with this tension what what how did Jesus do this. What's Jesus' example of being a tent dweller looking at promise? I'll say this. Jesus lived as the perfect example of a sojourner, of somebody stopping here but passing through on towards something else. You, you don't read at any point in the gospel of Jesus building any sort of greatest around him to enjoy a comfortable lifestyle. He, he, he didn't dream of a house in the country. He didn't foster any ambitions about his career in carpentry. He put no stock in laying down roots. None of his conversations with the disciples circled around the house prices in the Greater Galilee area. The Son of Man had no place to lay his head. He said things like this, let the dead go and bury their own dead. I've got other concerns. He said, sell everything and follow me. There's a line in a Tim Hughes song, which I just love. This is the line, with every breath he chose the cross. That's what we see of Jesus's life. With every breath, he's living for something beyond he's living for kingdom he's living with every breath for the cross with every breath Jesus lived for the kingdom that he had brought about when he came into it with every breath he's living for that coming kingdom to be unveiled at his death with every breath he was living for the full revelation of the kingdom when he the one worthy would wrap up this whole world all this temporal stuff bringing to being the new heavens and the new earth you see Jesus completely flips this paradigm that we live with that this stuff might be the promised land and and the kingdom is the foreign part no flips it completely Jesus lived as if the promised land was was the kingdom was the life he was bringing into being I will bring you life and life to the full he, he lived as if 
life in him was the promised land. Uh, as, or as Paul puts it, the new way of the spirit. Jesus lived as if this world, the trappings and trimmings, all of this is fleeting. All of this is passing away. He said, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. My, my meat, my, my substance, my, the main meal, the big thing, the, the, the bit to get your teeth into is to do the will of him who sent me. Now, I just want to be really careful. I'm not saying material stuff bad, spiritual stuff good. There's plenty in the Bible to say, don't say that. And that's not what I'm saying. But Jesus did say this, my meat, the bit to get my teeth into. All the other stuff, there's nothing wrong with a bit of culture, right? There's nothing wrong in it of itself, but it's not the meat. It's not what we're living for anymore. That's how Jesus lived and it's how Jesus died. Your will, he said to the father and not mine. He chose the cross. He walked towards the cross purposefully. And at the end when his body was broken and his blood spilled on our behalf, he said, it is finished. Death was dealt with, crushed, and for us, a futile way of living was finished. No longer building on sand, no longer laying up treasures here on earth, no longer bigger and bigger barns, no longer. We are no longer in dark about what is now and what is not yet. We're no longer in dark about what is foreign and what is promised. A futile way is finished. So how do we live now? How do we live now? In the light of the cross, in the light of the way our Lord lived. If I had time, I'd love to read to you uh, the whole of John 13 to 17, all of Jesus' teaching when he's in the upper room, his final words recorded by John in the upper room, because Jesus so clearly lays out how he wants his followers to live. And not just that, how he will empower them to live now. But I don't have time. So read it, read, read it. I just encourage you, spend, maybe spend some time in, in those chapters over this, this coming week, John 13 to 17, just that whole passage in the, in the upper room. Um, I'm going to pull out a few snippets for us. And these are all from John 14. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That, that where I am, you may also, you may be also. Wow. That's where we're going. How are we meant to live now? We're meant to live excited about the promise. As followers of Jesus, we, we live with that promised place burning brightly in our hearts. It's that trust, that believe in God, believe also in me. Let not, it's that that will keep our hearts from being troubled, not a new cushion on our favourite chair. 
in, in John 14, he's, he, I'm going to go, I'll go a few more verses in John 14. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. He's got works for us here and now. We are to live like that. Live with the promise of eternity in our hearts. Live here and now like he's got stuff for us to do. He's prepared good works for us. He has allotted us times and places to live the place you are in right now. He's positioned us here to represent him, to be, as the saying goes, his hands and his feet. Here, in the world. Not of it, but in it. To do works which point towards him. Because he's with the Father, greater works will be done. What? You can wrestle with that verse. We don't have time to wrestle with it, but it's what he says. Because he's with the Father, greater works will be done. I'm going to read you another bit from John. How are we doing? Yeah. If you love me, you will keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you i will not leave you as orphans i will come to you yet a little while and the world will see me no more but you will see me because i live you also will live in that day you will know that i am in the father and you in me and i in you because he's gone to the father that promised land breaks into our lives today he has come by the spirit he will not leave us as orphans the spirit of truth dwells with us and in us our lord does not leave us as orphans he comes to us he in the father us in him he in us how are we meant to live today we live with the promise of eternity before us with purpose in this world today with the indwelling of God in us. Wow. Verse 23 says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. The triune God, three in one, father, son and spirit, they have made their home with us. How do we live? We live by the new way of the spirit. Oh, one more verse from John 14. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give. Let not your hearts be troubled, troubled, neither let them be afraid. Not as the world gives do I give. So what Jesus says, not as the world gives do I give to you this peace. He, he's given us the way, a new way. The way he asks us to follow is nothing like the way the world follows. Instead of bigger and bigger barns, the reality is Jesus calls us to bigger and bigger sacrifices. If we're to live in this world as Jesus's hands and feet, we need to remember what happens to Jesus's hands and feet. We're called to be suffering sojourners in this world and jesus says in luke 9 if anyone would come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me for whoever would save his life will lose it 
but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. I want to urge us, church, to take the commands of Jesus seriously. We call him Lord, we're to take his Lordship seriously. I want to urge us to stop talking about our ideal house. I, I, I want us to urge us to stop talking about this certain thing that we need. I want us to stop living to attain a certain lifestyle now in this world. I'm going to reiterate, the stuff's not bad. It's just not what we're living for. Living for that stuff is futile. There's only one way that Jesus calls his followers to live, and it is to die to themselves. We, church, we are Jesus's people. He is Lord. We are his followers. We are his ecclesia, his church. Let me urge you, as we get into these hubs, uh, as, as Tottenham is sent out, All that comes with being in those hubs, I, I would urge you as, you, as you approach that, consider what you need to die to. Consider how you're going to live as people of promise, how you're going to live as foreigners to the futile ways of this world. In John 12, Jesus says, if a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. Oh, have I copied that wrong, haven't I? Hang on one second, guys. He says, oh, sorry. He says, unless, that's the, the word that was wrong, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. We want to be a fruitful people for the kingdom with every breath. So we've got to die, guys. We are living for the now kingdom of God, for the new way of the spirit. We are living for the breaking in kingdom of God. We are living for the full unveiling of the kingdom, full unveiling of the kingdom when he will be revealed, when the trumpet sounds, when we will meet him in the air, when we will be taken up with him. When we will be taken to that great day at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I want to finish with two things. Um, I'm aware that this is a really bam <laughs> hard thing. I feel it myself. You know, I'm no, I'm no um, alien to that. So I, I want to finish by reading you a verse from verse and verses from Revelation, which. <laughs> there's a real challenge in there from Jesus but there's some real comfort too let me read it um, Revelation 3 uh, verses 15 these are, these are, this is Jesus' letter to the church in Laodicea um, he, there's sev seven letters he, that are recorded as John, John, John in John's vision Jesus gives these letters to the, to the churches uh, and this is the church in Laodicea I know your works you are neither hot you are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. 
So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. All right, that's a challenge, right? Let us not be found lukewarm. For you say I am rich, I've prospered and need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold, refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see those whom I love I reprove and discipline so be zealous and repent behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come into him and eat with him and he with me the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Be comforted this morning if you feel really challenged by these words. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and he with him and he with me if you feel reproved this morning hear his words those whom i love i reprove and discipline so be zealous and repent i'm going to pray for us and i'm going to hand back to steph I've got one final thing to, to finish with i was going to read some from philippians 3 this morning um, and i haven't i'm not i'm not going to but i've just I just encourage you, maybe when you, if you're staying around later and you're, you're praying, you might want to together read some of Philippians 3, maybe from verse 3 onwards. And hear the, how the Apostle Paul put some of these ideas, counting all rubbish compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We are those found in you. We are thank you that we thank you that we have a saviour who is nothing like this world, who rescued us from a futile way of living. We thank you that you call us on to eternity. We thank you that you give us purpose here today. We thank you that we live by the spirit. Lord, we ask where we need to repent, help us to do so, help us to turn. Where we need comfort, Lord, comfort us where we need encouraging, encourage us, Lord. We ask as we go into these hubs, help us to die to ourselves and be rich towards you, to be rich towards the Son, to be rich towards the Spirit. We, we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.